The text for this morning is John chapter 11, verse 43, which refers to Jesus and says, Now when he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. One day, Lazarus was fine, out the door, off to work, waving goodbye. The next day he was ill, and shortly afterwards he was dying. And deeply concerned, his sisters, Mary and Martha, sent word to Jesus, saying, Lord, the one you love is sick. And then they waited, and waited, and waited. We can easily picture those sisters at the bedside of Lazarus, dabbing his feverish forehead and offering encouraging words. Don't worry, brother. Jesus is on the way, and when he gets here, everything will be fine. Just wait and see. But away from the bedside of Lazarus, these two sisters no doubt anxiously looked out the window and anxiously whispered to each other, Where is he? Why isn't he here? Why hasn't Jesus come yet? By the time that Jesus arrived, Lazarus was dead. The funeral was over. The body was buried. And in their sorrow, both Mary and Martha said identical words to Jesus, but at different times. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. A statement of truth, but also of what might have been. A statement that, well, now it's too late. Our hope is as dead and buried as Lazarus. I wonder if that story is really all that different from our personal stories. Those stories that begin with, well, one fine day, and then something tragic happens. When our hearts are filled with heartache and pain and suffering, haven't we all spoke similar words to the Lord? Haven't we all said, Lord, if you had been here then this would not have happened, this illness, this loss, this tragedy. But now it's too late. Don't you even care about me? The answer to that question, of course, is yes, he cares. That's one of the great lessons of John chapter 11. Even amid the darkest hours and the deepest distresses of our lives, God is always still loving us. In fact, John chapter 11, verses 5 and 6, read this way. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Therefore, that's the reason that he stayed where he was for two more days. And so it wasn't negligence. It was actually the Lord's love that kept him from going directly to Bethany and to Lazarus. The Lord deals with us in exactly the same way. Even when God seems to delay in answering our prayers, he's still dealing with us in absolute love. That very same deep, committed love that moved Jesus unswervingly to the cross and kept him there. It wasn't the rusty Roman nails. It was the Lord's love that kept him on that cross, even though he had every right and reason and authority to step down. God is always loving us in good times, in bad times, in sickness, in health, in ups and downs, in successes and failures. 
And knowing this, knowing the risen Jesus is what gives us living hope. There's a psalm that opens with these pitiful words. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice. And yet the psalmist goes on in the same psalm to say, but I wait for the Lord, even when he seems to be late. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. And the Hebrew word that's used in that verse for wait actually means to bind like a rope. So that's what holds us together. That's what enables us to hang on, this knowledge that God is always loving us and he's always directing our lives, whether directing it or allowing something into it because it conforms always with his love. There's the hymn verse that says, someday I shall see clearly that he has loved me dearly. Second, though God may seem to delay in our lives, when he comes, the solution that he brings about will always be for our good and to his glory. That happened in Bethany. After learning of Lazarus's illness, Jesus told his disciples this, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's son may be glorified through it. And then Jesus told the disciples again, verse 14, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. And then Jesus said to Martha in verse 40, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I submit to you, my Christian friends, that today and every day, especially in those times when things are really tough, that the Lord is saying those same words to each of us. Did I not tell you, says Jesus, that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Recall the words of Psalm 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. You will glorify me. But not only you, but people who see your faith in God will glorify him as well. You ever thought of that? You ever thought that your day of trouble, as the psalmist said, might be an opportunity not only for you to glorify God, but for others to glorify God because of you? This text may be 2,000 years old and Bethany may be 7,000 miles away, but human problems are the same. And better still, Jesus Christ is the same. And I can say, perhaps like you, as much as I have wrestled and sweated and fretted and resented all the problems in my life, never has God failed to force even one worst circumstance to suit my best interest. Never. My grandparents, Emil and Ernestine Weiss, were like second parents to me. And so when my grandfather died in 1985, I returned to Florida for the funeral. And I remember vividly walking into the funeral home and seeing my grandfather's casket. And then in the front row, sitting alone, my grandmother. And I thought to myself, she looks so small. She looks so frail. What is she going to do now without my grandfather? And when I sat down next to her, she looked at me and smiled and slipped her arthritic hand into mine. There were tears in her eyes. How could there not be? 
But at the same time, I saw something else. I saw a great faith. I saw a peace in the Lord. Christians talk so often about witnessing for the Lord, but I tell you, this is the truth. I have never seen a better witness for the Lord than the one I saw that day in the funeral home. I did not have to ask my grandmother whether she believed the words of Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life. I could see it. And because of that, as Jesus said, I praised God because of her. And finally, the means to life in every sense in which we use that word, whether it's physical life or spiritual life or eternal life, the means to obtaining life is through the word of God. So what's so important about hearing the word of God? Why bother with church or chapel or reading the Bible in private devotions? Why do any of that? I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that question over my life. I probably shouldn't tell you how many times I thought about asking it myself when I was still in the ministry and it was 11 o'clock on a Saturday and I was still working on a sermon. What's so important about hearing the word of God? Each one of us might wish for the repose of a Mary who was able to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen intently to his word. But more often, I suspect we're like Martha, who was so distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, those dinner preparations. That is, until she heard Jesus say, Martha, you're worried about so many things. But only one thing is needed. If you want to know why hearing the word of God is so important, if you want to know the power of God's word for your life, not just this one, but the life that is to come, I'm not going to direct you to the third commandment, as important as that is. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Instead, I'm going to direct you to a cemetery to the cemetery outside of Bethany, Israel, where Lazarus lay dead and buried for four days. I'm going to direct you to these words of John chapter 11. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me because of the people standing here. I said this, that they may know that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with great clothes. If you and I need a more important reason to hear the word of God than that, I can't imagine what it would be. When your hopes lie dead and buried, what should you do? You should turn to the living word of Almighty God. And in its power, do what Jesus empowered once dead and buried Lazarus to do. He said, loose him. Lose the despair, lose the worry, lose the grave clothes, loose him, said Jesus, and let him go. Amen. 
Our hymn is 521, stanzas 1 and 4. 521, stanzas 1 and 4.